Brilliant Minds is so much more than a two-day creativity and thought leadership gathering in Stockholm. It's a 365-day year-round journey. It's the journey of our founders, Spotify's Daniel Ek and Ash Pornori, the journey of our board, team members, the young entrepreneurs we meet year-round whose ideas will change the world. In a small way, it's also my journey. My journey as CEO, as a working mother, as a child of immigrants, as a person who really believes that bringing people together and uplifting each other can make the world better. This podcast is our collective journey. Brilliant Minds is about building collective voice and community everywhere we go and sharing the bold voices in that community who aren't afraid to challenge the way things have always been done in order to create things that have never been imagined before. In this podcast, I hope you join me in cities around the world where I'll exclusively interview some of the most creative people, men and women, young and old, across all sectors, fashion, art, tech, music, science, business, food, people that share the values of brilliant minds like transparency, gender equality, social justice, compassion, and a love of the environment. People that aren't afraid to use their voice for change. Follow me at other great tech events, art summits, media gatherings, where I'll give you an inside scoop on where the future is going and how you can help shape it. Join me in the Brilliant Minds podcast on the go around the world. I can't wait to hear what you think along the way. Robin is the amazing Swedish singer with albums that have received widespread critical acclaim, three Grammy Award nominations, and produced three top ten hits, Dancing on My Own, Hang With Me, and Indestructible. Together with the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm, she also founded Tekla, a tech festival for kids with an ambition to inspire girls who are curious about technology. I'm also really, really proud to say that Robin is on our advisory board for Brilliant Minds and Stockholm Symposium. She's one of the coolest, most creative women I know, and this interview that we aired in Stockholm is really quite candid and beautiful. So stay tuned and enjoy. So I just want to have kind of a really normal conversation. Yeah. And... Obviously, we know each other, but not that well. And mm-hmm. I want to kind of hear about your whole journey. So we were talking at dinner a few days ago, and, and I didn't realize that you've started, you were kind of discovered or started in music at a really young age. Mm-hmm. So can we go way back and, and start, you know, how did you start? Have you always had this love of music? Was it something your family got you into? Tell mm-hmm. me the early stages. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, I grew up in a f- theater family so my parents were, were oh. making theater my my mom uh, was acting and my dad was directing in a um, independent theater company in the um, that started around 75 in Stockholm and they were very experimental and I grew up touring with them um, oh. from when I was you know six months till I started school so I spent uh, my childhood with my parents on the road and then um, moved back to Sweden and they, they kept making theater and I started making music at an early age and by accident I was discovered when I was about 15 and I released my first record 
in Sweden when I was 16. So I started early. Amazing. Yeah, and it was quite coincidental and it was not something that my parents pushed me into. I was very interested in popular culture and um, music. And I think growing up in that environment um, that I did grow up in kind of just, you know, made it easy for me to start expressing myself at, at an early age. And then I was just lucky or whatever you want to call it. Mm. What do you think is the most important element that that type of childhood taught you? And I think it is really special because especially I think Europeans, like you're, it's a bit more inhibited. Americans are very out there. Mm -hmm. And then for you to have had this incredibly creative, immersive experience as all you know, mm -hmm. basically as a mm -hmm. child with these incredible parents that not only showed you, but kind of encouraged you to be out of the box mm -hmm. um, is unique mm -hmm. actually in the Nordics and in Sweden and, and I think in this type of European culture. And so did you ever feel an inhibition or is all you know to be creative? Um, I think it's always difficult to express yourself in a true and like vulnerable way. And I think that's something that you as a you know, performer kind of deal with your whole life. I think that's what it's almost like, you know, that's what it's about, I think, for everyone, you mm. know, who, who you are and what you want to say and what's important in life and all those things. So I definitely feel inhibited sometimes and I'm always working on that, you know, trying to come closer to something that I feel is honest because mm. I think that that's what is important, you know, if you're going to take up people's time, if you're going to be in the media and talk about yourself and, you know, have people listen to you, I feel like you have to put something on the line, you know, for it to be uh, worth people's time. Um, and, uh, yeah, be honest to yourself. I think that that's really what it's about. But I think definitely growing up that way gave me uh, confidence and it kind of took the m mystery uh, off a little bit when it comes to being on stage and what mm. it is to perform and stuff because I saw my parents do it all the time. So in that sense, yes, it was like a normal, normal thing to me. Um, but also, yeah, very different from a lot of other kids my age. And yeah, you're you're right. Mm. It's not very like maybe a typical Swedish thing to be an outgoing person that wants to be on stage and take a lot of take a lot of space, space and no. stand out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure, I I know what you mean, and I I think that's also why I you know uh, was happy to leave Sweden also at an early age. Is it was it hard to kind of come of age in the spotlight because you started at sixteen. And you also mentioned these values of being honest and authentic. But mm. at the same time, I think, especially as a woman, you're just changing so much. Like 16, 18, 25. I mean, I feel I've changed so much just, you know, in the time in the past year. Mm -hmm. And then you have to put that change out there kind of publicly. Mm. And sometimes people don't want you to grow up. Mm. I mean, if you're, you know, the Britney Spears effect, mm. it's mm. really hard as a woman. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you go through that whole life arc in a way and you still are mm -hmm. um, because it takes I think also I'm always really impressed by women that that are fearless and redefining themselves like move from one sector to another like mm -hmm. you have in a way from music to tech or both or mm -hmm. have an opinion on something because I think people do want you to 
beat in the box you've been in. Mm-hmm. And they're used to that. Mm-hmm. So I guess just, you know, how do you find that courage and, and was it hard? Yeah, really, really difficult. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, yeah, difficult and that was inhibiting mm. for sure, you know. I think if anything that came later, like, um, yeah, just I just felt very vulnerable um, being a famous person mm. in Sweden and in some other countries as well. I, I really struggled with it and I think it kept me from um, exploring certain things mm. it took me longer to find the peace kind mm. of to like trust myself with going out on a limb somewhere or you know just exploring things for my own sake and not having to think about the results and um, and I think that's why I started my record company because I wanted to really just break out of Um, a structure that I felt I had no Mm. say in. There was no way I could ever know if if I was being, you know, taken care of, if I was giving the right fair uh, fair amount of, you know, possibilities that I, that anyone else Mm. would have gotten or if the, you know, and, and also basically money, money and and then the the legal issues too were getting difficult. So I was just um, I I felt like I had nothing to lose, and that's when I um, started my company. Yeah, tell me about that because I think it's it's also super interesting. Um, the music industry has changed and is changing so much, mm-hmm. like in your career, but even right now. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of in a, a middle ground where you have streaming. Obviously, we have Spotify. We're in the land of Spotify. Then you have the labels, and everything's kind mm-hmm. of coexisting. Mm-hmm. Nothing has really replaced the other. But I, I do see this really exciting um, trend of of musicians kind of owning, being entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, we had. This summer, last summer at Brilliant Minds, we had Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park. And that was his whole talk about mm-hmm. how he kind of reclaimed his business and he runs his music like a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was so mm-hmm. empowering and it's such a cool movement, mm-hmm. actually. Um, now, tell me your story. Like, what was the moment where you said, I'm going to, I can't do the labels, I'm going to do my own thing? Mm-hmm. What age was that at? Is it hard um, mm-hmm. to do it on your own? Because mm-hmm. it must be to some extent. Tell me a little more about that. Um, I was lucky that I had like I had already made money, so I, I had this security, and I think a lot of people don't have that. And in that way, maybe I can't give, uh, you know, I can't be that role model, but I can be that maybe someone that um, has like a, more knowledge about the industry mm-hmm. when I started, which also is like knowledge that I'm trying to share with other people because there are so many things that I got to know over the years that just made it so much easier for me mm. um, a lot of people that helped me yeah um, you know those kind of boring facts but um, but also just um, what I redid what I did was I, I kind of read or re um, I went back and I explored my brand and I mm. had people around me that helped me to, to like define what it was what my audience was um, what it, what what the perception of me was and what the things that I didn't want to bring with me into the next company mm. and I had someone that really helped me um, to set up a, um, an economical structure mm-hmm. and a 
a new kind of way of looking how to make how to make deals. I ma- started making license deals and distribution deals instead of being hmm. in an artist contract, which was a very it's a very different way of working. And then I also hired. Um, uh, people who did marketing for me that I worked very closely with and they were like it was like a team of two or three people and we just um, we were very thorough and we worked through everything and made a plan together for you know how to how to promote this record that I was making and then I also um, worked with people and I made music with people that were um, more in the same world as me and I just really tried to trust my instincts mm-hmm. and um and do what I thought was right for me, you know, and not try to do something that was going to please everyone. And I thought, I think that was the most important thing. Mm. And then everything kind of just, you know, the marketing tools and the the way to release the record um, developed from from the music. Mm. But the but the you know the core and the really like hard facts is basically have you know those people that can help you make the plan for like the the economics around mm. the release even if it's about fluid and abstract things like music you know it comes down to money and you have to be super um, structured when you start up a company that's just I think it's a, a really interesting point you make and I I have this theme time and again in a lot of my interviews because I do think it's hard to talk about money and to be assertive around money, especially as a woman. Yeah. I think especially kind of as a young woman, probably especially as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of have to learn. And I have mm-hmm. mentors definitely in my life that are saying, you know, don't do this for free. Make sure you, you ask for a promotion. But mm-hmm. it is a bit hard. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you had that kind of experience where I do think as women, like the most empowering thing is to be financially independent. Yes. Um, but it is also like we are the most judged for it. You know, I think mm. who do you think you are for asking for a raise or for mm. asking to be paid for something? You should be grateful. Right. You know, <laughs> I know I still struggle with that all the time. Yeah. Um, did you were you able did you go through that kind of thing or did you just have the right people around you who pushed you in the right direction? No, I had to. Um, mm, let's see. I think it's always so many different factors that help you get to a place mm. where you make those decisions. And um, some of it was me just feeling um, really out of control and just very like hmm. stressed by not knowing and understanding things. So I um, got help from people that I knew could explain things to me and teach me what things like business-wise were going to mean for mm. me going into uh, my own company um i i definitely got to a point where i felt like the power i had you know as a as a, f- a famous person with mm-hmm. a fa- with a following was super strong and valuable for me and i had so much I could do so much with that and i felt like it was unfair that i was doing all this work and I mean, not just making the music, but all the other work, which is promoting a record and just traveling and just mm. always being available and and not getting uh, the fair share of the money that came from that. Um, so that was definitely one of the Absolutely. things where I felt like this needs to change. Like, I know that I'm worth more than this. Um, and it kind of clicked for me when I realized that if I 
pay for my own recordings. Like if, if I record my next album and I own it, I'm the one that has the, you know, I decide what mm -hmm. to do with that music and I can sell it. I can license it to a company and say, hey, if you want to, you know, release this music, you can you can own it for these amount of, of years. Um, but you need to pay me this. So it's like the other way around mm. instead of me working for something, giving them all this like input and creative value and then still them owning the record just because they have the money to pay for the studio. Mm -hmm. I mean... You begin to feel very used, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it just felt backwards, really. And also because it's not just what happens when you've... Um, when you're recording and when you're making the music, it's also what happens afterwards. I mean, we all know how important media is nowadays. Um, but even like... 10, 12 years ago when I decided to start my company, that was really what pushed me into this way of thinking because I just felt like I'm making this music but then it's also promoted in a way that I don't like. You know, I'm not getting to do the interviews that I like. I'm not getting to talk about the things that I like. I'm not gonna, I'm not getting to work with the people. Mm. I'm like, I'm leaving this thing that I've invested so much in the hands of people that I don't, I don't trust their taste. <laughs> you know, just simple things like that. Uh, I maybe don't even trust them as like people, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yes, I don't want to um, support more chaos. Like I want to, you know, invest Absolutely. in people and just situations that I like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, was that hard? And it's probably silly, and you probably get asked this so much. But I mean, you were 16, then you really exploded. You moved to the U.S., right? You moved yeah. to Los Angeles. Like, yeah, I was back and forth between LA and New York for like two years. And that's a really different. I mean, I'm American, so I can say this with all due love. I mean, Americans are quite different mm -hmm. from Swedes. There's, mm -hmm. it's just a much bigger, and the music industry, especially, and you know, to all those people in the music industry, I love you too. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of hustling and sharks. It's a very tough industry, mm -hmm. I think. Did you have any moments where you were like, "What am I doing? Yeah, these Americans are crazy, or this is <laughs> crazy." I mean, did you have a real low where you thought? Mm -hmm. this is a terrible industry and I don't know if I can even do this. I don't know if I want to be this public, famous yeah. music artist. Yeah, for sure. I had um, a couple of times when I felt like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to continue making music and um, I thought about going back to school and... What kept you going or what kept you over it? Passion or... How did you get over those low periods? I think you get to that po or I get to that point like once in a while where it's like well I have nothing to lose if I'm gonna quit mm. making music then I might as well just try and do it in a different way that I believe in first um, and then also support from people mm. you know like people that I that I've stayed close with over the years from like when I started out that I like but also new people that I meet mm. other musicians other women um, you know, you find those people, those like the smart and sensitive ones that you just want to. Absolutely. You know, you want to open up to them because you know that they, you can trust them and, and that just gives you so much. Absolutely. Back. Um, but I, I think um, you were saying, have you gotten to a point where you just kind of give up? Yeah. And then, yeah. Then you get to, then I usually get to that point where it's like I'll try something mm -hmm. totally different, and then it usually works. <laughs> <laughs> it 
I'm not surprised. You have been lucky too, you know. I really have in the sense that I I had a ca- like I had some money when I started out mm. and things just become so much easier. But I think if you don't have um like the capital, I think it's about having uh, a community. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned kind of other women and and sometimes this becomes a bit cheesy to talk about, but I especially in the past year, I mean, I cannot tell you if I didn't have the various women in my life, mm-hmm. I would not be able to stand up. Like right. they really, you know, in every way, and that's why it's so important to me to meet people like you, to bring us mm-hmm. into each other's community. Because I think there's, when women can actually like, and not actually because they are very supportive, but sometimes when we can see that we are stronger together than competing with each other, mm-hmm. that there's definitely space for many women, not just one. Mm-hmm. I think that, that sisterhood is so powerful mm-hmm. and that's why it's so exciting I think what you're doing with Tekla mm-hmm. and with encouraging girls in science mm-hmm. um, so I want to talk about a little bit about your passion around women like where did that come from when did you have this realization that we need to do something about girls and science and girls and music and because it's not fair right and did you have like these gender bias moments or is it just something that built up over time no, I think it's I think it's been there. I think it's a combination about like from how you I grew up with like a mom like my mom was always talking about these things. She mm. she was never afraid to call herself a feminist, all those important things. Mm. But um I think lots of experiences. I mean you were I think what I was trying to come back to in your question your last question was you asked me about what it was like to go to America and mm-hmm. the music industry there and one big difference for me um, as a Swedish like teenager which I was at the time <laughs> coming to America was that I felt like um, there was a big difference in how gro- grown-ups saw younger people in America mm-hmm. I felt like I had less of freedom to express myself there like having an opinion as a teenager was quite it could be quite provocative Mm. and I was from a family where I was used to expressing myself all the time you know like maybe a little bit too much even and I think um, that was kind of a shock that was a culture shock Mm. for me Um, but I also came to a very commercial part of American industry which was the music industry so I mean I know it was an extreme place to be and it took me some time to figure out that oh I need to find my own people Mm -hmm. here like there's loads of of alternative ways of thinking there's loads of of women people who are not afraid to talk about these things and it took me a while to find that you know and I went back here and and that's the kind of journey that I did in in Sweden Mm. as well to step out of 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 this more commercial environment and find my own space um, and I think it's been yeah it's been it's been a it's taken a few years to find people my age find other women find people who share my values and still want to make music mm-hmm. and want to make things happen, you know? Yeah. And, like, are not afraid to take risks. And, um, like, I want to I keep a foot in both worlds all the time, <laughs> which I makes know. things Same. complicated <laughs> and... But, but interesting. More interesting, yeah. I really, I really think that's 
I think it's a funny combination because, <laughs> and I, I want to follow up because I, I do think it's an interesting point. You see this younger generation of, you know, Zara Larshan or Tove Lo or, you know, and I ask them very often and you see it more and more in interviews now where they mm. say like, I came to America and, and I think it's because, you know, I am Swedish and in my, you know, when you were Zara's age or something, you were really raised in an equal time. Mm. Like it was equal when we were growing up, but mm. it's, it's very, I think, gender equal in Sweden for that generation, yeah. almost to the point of like women are the ones where mm -hmm. they're super empowered and mm -hmm. they're super strong. And it's often funny to hear when those stars go to the U.S. Mm. because I think we're still a bit behind. We're more ahead with... It's interesting you say like taking risk like mm -hmm. I think that's something where Europe is you know people take risks they take they invest in dreams like mm -hmm. you give a big vision in America and be like yeah mm -hmm. but the gender side is still mm. slow yeah um, and in music where you think it would be the most forward mm -hmm. it's actually like really conservative and old mindset yeah so I, I wonder mean, like how do you I mean I just I don't know why I think um, Sweden is a secularized, very mm -hmm. secularized country, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I'm, I'm, you know, I, my grandpa was a priest, so I'm not, <laughs> really? I'm not against religious people, but I'm definitely not religious, mm -hmm. and I think it's an important part of my life, and an important part of Swedish culture that we're allowed to think outside of old traditions and mm -hmm. you know stuff like that. And I think in America, maybe those things are still. Oh, you yes, know, I mean, we have a people's our election. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that has 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 something to do with it. Um, there's been so it's been such a, you've had such a dramatic history the last. That's true. 300 years. So you've had uh, you've had other issues to deal with <laughs> and lots of cultures that have had to, like, get along, you know. Mm. Um but yeah, that is a big difference. I, I remember coming to America and I did this kids show, this like t young youth show on TV and they were talking about like social aware, it was social awareness something, they, they had some kind of uh, profile like that and there was like this interview with kids they, and, and this woman that was talking about, you know, teenage pregnancies and um, I remember getting the question like, what is it like in Sweden? And I'm like, well, <laughs> we, you know, you know, abortion is totally fine. I was just like very like liberal, like it must have been shocked. Yeah. yeah like, you know, you know, we kids, you know, we get condoms in school. Like it's very, you know, it's really important that women get to decide what to do with their own bodies. And I just remember how it was like on TV and these people were just like, what <laughs> is she talking about? Like. Those things were, yeah, were very different then from now because now I feel very connected to what's going on in the States. Like, I feel like women are really discovering, you know. It's amazing, thank God. How they can make their voices heard, and it's really interesting. There's such energy around it, and I mm. think, like, not to overthink about tech and digitalization, but... Mm -hmm. Every time I do a lot of these interviews, there's always this core, like, okay, to own yourself, to mm. be your own brand. It's very connected with social media. Like, I don't know if we would be able to do a lot of these things mm. if women didn't. You have your own audience. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a very strong following there, and mm. there's a lot of influence there, and I think that really supports what you do. I mean, how much has kind of, not the internet, but you know, your social media profile. How mm. do you think about that? How do you use that? How much has that had an influence, like, I think, on your overall business? Um, a lot. 
Um, a lot because you're you're totally right. Women get to like mirror themselves and other women on the internet, and that just creates a whole different level of communication. Um, I mean, I think that was the turning point in the music mm. industry overall when social media happened, and you know, it just it, it just gave artists such more much more freedom to release their own music, to find other people all over. Like now, the difference is that you know, my audience is it might not be like huge in each country where I'm active, but it's a little, it's a small group of people or, you know, a medium sized mm -hmm. group of people in lots of countries and I can still reach them, yeah. which is amazing. But also, you know, I think this, um, this kind of journey that I've made back into like, you know, not, not my roots, that sounds no, so but it's, say it. pretentious, <laughs> but like, yeah, my foundation, you know, what I want to do and, and how I want to see things and what kind of music I want to make and backtracking in that sense has also brought me back to, yes, finding other women that are making music and also learning more about the the knowledge behind, mm. you know, gender um, issues about equality and about, you know, um, there's so many people that are working with this every day mm. and I've been lucky enough to get to know some of them in the music industry and that's also what led me into mm. creating Tecla and making Tecla um, a tech festival just for girls to create that safe space that's really really important actually absolutely uh, even though I don't think that's the way we should live um, but and, there's something it to it yeah there's something to it it can also get claustrophobic sometimes you know to just be with girls but uh, just like it can be to be with any group, mm. but it's a really important experience to have, and it's so interesting when you when you start being in those safe spaces, you really realize how rare it is, how very rare it is to, for me to just be with other girls. Absolutely. Much rarer than for men to be with other men. Um, I had this when we when we met like three days ago. I think already it was here, and, and you were describing the safe space. Mm. I had this total realization because I mean my daughter's seven and a half and and we've been look I've been looking at schools for her mm. um, and one of the schools actually said you know we when there's total equality until about age f five or six mm. and that's where you see kind of girls are princesses boys are superheroes mm. and I think mm. it's less in Sweden because you focus on it in America mm. it's still very much that yeah. way and then they begin to act differently mm. and they said we in when the the girls turn 11 mm. um just like fifth grade we mm. separate boys and girls for science and math because Great. we see that when girls are alone they raise their hands they yes. speak up more mm. and i think it's so smart of you to be doing that with tecla because mm. that's i think that's around the age you said you know 11 to 18 mm -hmm. and and that's the time i think when for some reason us girls fall out of the science, you know, leadership, like, I don't know if it's peer, I don't know. Mm. Um, but there's something psychologically and behavior wise. No, you're totally right. That is the age it's scientifically proven that girls stop doing sports, mm. um, stop doing, um, uh, you know, playing an instrument, whatever, um, things that they don't naturally do in mm. like, you know what I mean, in, in society. Um, and it's so it's so important to, to give them the opportunity to just try something, mm. try something that they and fail even and fail without exactly. feeling like horrible. No, for sure. And 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 at Tecla they can they can try. We have like, 
you know, they'll have like two workshops during the day, so they can and they can they they decide in the morning what things they want to try out. Mm. So they first get to all to see like these are the you know. 15 different workshops there are and you know which ones do you want to do and they get to try two different things during the day which I think is so important you know yeah you can do this but you can also just program or you can build a robot mm-hmm. or, you know <laughs> so just getting the the alternatives you know presented to you is like a really important part of it and see other women see other girls doing the same thing absolutely yeah. I, so tell me like I just want to share with everyone so Tekla is two years old have you done it two yes. years now it's in collaboration with the Royal Institute of Technology so yes. KTH mm-hmm. how do you kind of organize the program how do you because it, it's very specific I mean you often say a few times you want to make these girls feel safe and I think that word safety is so important mm-hmm. and kind of this like spirit of we're all in this together at the same time mm-hmm. but you can also be an individual mm-hmm. you know how what lessons have you learned is there something that you did last year that like didn't work that surprised you or something that you didn't think would work that you really brought people up like what have you learned from it mm-hmm. um so much um let where to start um so much i mean just the discussions between um the work group that we have and the people at kth um their experiences from the school even Mm. how they're working with these issues with their teachers and how to um push the whole school into seeing this um event as something that can like give back to the school has been really Mm. interesting um We've realized that we've narrowed down the ages this year because there is a big difference between 11-year-olds and 18-year-olds. And Mm. so we're going to bring the ages up to about 13 now, 13 to 18, I think. Um, And then not giving them too much (laughs) to do has been important also. this, you know, if you if you do, if we keep going on the safe space uh, subject, like it's one of the things that have been like maybe a little bit scary for them is like it's big and it's mm. like uh, it has you have to be really clear. Like this is where we're going now. This is what you can be here. You, you're gonna have food here. You know, not too long. Like the day can't be mm-hmm. too long. Like those things um, have been like really important to update. Mm. Um, last year and the year before we've been dealing with those issues Um, god there's so much but making sure that the content is 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 broad enough um, and that there are um, you know really specialized some of the girls that come have already are already into tech some Mm. of them have never tried it so Find this, finding this good range for all the different girls that are there. Um, we've decided to handpick uh, a certain amount of the people or the girls that um, that get to come from um, the suburbs, mm. so that we have um, not just city kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Why tech? I mean, why? Yeah, you know. You really focus on giving girls the the gift of science, and why not any other sector, music or mm. 
Uh, well, there is music. There's a music workshop there that we've done um, too in the in the festival, and I think that's one of the things that's so cool about tech mm. because it's just so much in it's it. Everything. It's yeah. everything. Um, that's an interesting point because I think people don't realize that. I'm kind of mm. asking you a loaded question, but. Mm. People sometimes ask, you know, you're now on the board of Brilliant Minds and mm. we're doing this and they think it's a tech conference. I said, actually, like, most of our speakers are artists or mm. business people or musicians because technology is kind of, it's part of every part of life. Yeah. It's love, it's death, it's, you know, medicine, yeah. and it's only going to increase that way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really clever that you're, you're opening this up a lot to women because I also think women will be the force to really push this next wave. Mm -hmm. I think that... You know, this is so generalizing, but um, this is a time where like things are really fast. You mm. have to try things. You have to change all the time. And like I think as women, we we're forced to change all the time. Right. You're a girl. You're a mother. You're a Madonna. You're a virgin. You're a mom. You're a, you know. It's in a way I think that men don't necessarily as much. Mm -hmm. We have to have so many roles. Right. Um, so I think this is such an interesting moment for this type of work. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not. Um you know, we're not, how to say this in English? You can say it in You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't chicken out. Like, girls yeah, are really exactly. tough. And, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. We were able to, like, adapt. And we've been used to, like, been put down for such yes. a long time that it's like, maybe our egos aren't as big yet. Yeah. They, I'm sure that they can get as big <laughs> as male egos, but... <gasps> Right now, we're still like you know, we're still um, working our way yeah, up, absolutely. you know. Absolutely. So we can take a few hits, and I think that's definitely yeah. you're right. It's a part of our of our strengths. Um, what was the question? Yeah, you were saying. I asked so many questions in one round. But we were Maybe talking. We'll <laughs> oh, we were talking about yeah. tech being such a oh, tech is everything. Yeah. Yes. I think that's that's why it's so important. Yeah. It's really like something that is deciding how our society mm. is going to work, you know. So it's really important that girls get to be a part of that development. Um, it's like, you know, that's how we're building mm. our society right now. Not just physically, but just our morals, everything. How we're, you know, our value systems. Absolutely. How we're shaping everything. What women inspire you? I'm sure there's tons. So it's always yeah, a tough are. question. They, there but are so many. It's a um, nice way to, I think. Gosh. And probably many in different times of your life, I guess. Yes. Or maybe um, what kind of trait inspires you? I just... You don't want to say specifically. No, sometimes. but I'm, I'm so happy with mentioning people. I just saw um, Angela Davis mm -hmm. um, in the march in Washington uh, on the internet. I was just watching her speak and her being a part of the women's march. I thought I, she inspires me watching her, just that the way she's been around for such a long mm. time and uh, all the knowledge she has that's coming around now, you know what I mean? Mm. All the things that she's been a part of that's like now it's getting, you know? Relf yeah. Relf it's like, what, 40 years ago? <laughs> like, it's just, that's really inspiring. It shows how slow it has been, though. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. Um, I was really inspired by... Um, uh, I was in Berlin just recently working with Jala, who's a friend of mm. mine, who's also uh, someone, I release her music on my 
label. She is her parents are from Kurdistan. She grew up here in Sweden. She makes uh, amazing music, and she has this perspective of being both Swedish and from Iraq. Mm. And um, it's very. Um, yeah, independent. She does mm. her own thing. She thinks in her own way. She's very open too, and very like fun and, <laughs> and just uh, curious about things. So she's super inspiring to me. And um, I got to meet some people there that she's um, working with in Berlin. That may just made me really happy and inspired. Um, I mean, there's lots of my friends that are just like you know my old school mates that I'm still grow, you know that's friends so cool. with that my one friend that's a criminologist she's like just and a mother and the way she's like handling bringing up her kid I'm really inspired mm. by that um, there's so many female artists I mean Kate Bush is one of my mm. all time heroes the way that she decided to produce her own records um when she was like 24 and very other few women were doing it and she was like just quirky and weird <laughs> and no one really got her but she just <laughs> did her own thing anyway that's super inspiring to me I mean there's so that many is the most amazing yeah I mean, as you get older I think you see at least I certainly have that actually there are limits but there aren't limits like you don't feel limits but actually everybody else puts a lot of limits on yeah. you and I, I'm always so excited by, inspired by, and you know, definitely you're one of those people for me. Like people that aren't afraid to try and fail and pick up, say I failed, like I'm doing this, so it didn't work, mm -hmm. I'm doing that, and just being really candid and authentic. Like I think we've been mm -hmm. missing that from the women's discussion for a long time. Yes. Especially in America, I think for a while, like to be successful, you think you really have to be perfect. Because yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to show any weakness because it's so hard for women anyway. Right. So I have to be perfect. And mm -hmm. like the first time in my kind of, lifetime now I, I'm meeting so many women and in media there's more and more women mm. saying like look I fucked up here I failed here but I got divorced I got cheated I cheated mm. on I you know but it's great because mm -hmm. now I'm doing my own thing and I, I don't mind being the first mm -hmm. and I think it's super exciting and that's why I love what you're doing and Thank you. I'm so happy to be doing things together. Yes. So, so this interview is just the beginning. Yes. So thank you so much Thank you Robin. so much. So nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.